1: Up. We're now for from now on, it's besties with the breasties. That's it. Just assume that we're gonna start every show. People like, do not like it, they don't want it.
0: <laughs> like, no, stop it with that. Skip the first 30 seconds if you don't want to hear me say it. Okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, so I'm Jill. Hi, Jill. I'm <laughs> De- <laughs> whenever I say my name, I always feel so weird on this, but someone actually asked us to do this so we're trying to remember to do it
0: yes and this is danny j it's important i don't think everybody knows necessarily our voices or who's 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 talking so you know i'm danny yeah. j
1: um i'm the hi, cool danny one Jay. you are <laughs> you actually really are the cool one um i'm i'm not too bad but i'm definitely not as cool as you i'm not too bad <laughs> um So today, I actually wanna have a conversation around burnout. We've talked about this a little bit, but I actually just got a DM from a friend of mine, colleague of mine who said, Jill, how the hell do you not get burned out? Work is amazing. And I know personally, this person is doing really well financially. I had a massive year last year and she said, but I'm so burned out right now. Even on my solo trip, she went went and took a vacation by herself. She said, I worked the whole time. She goes, do you take any time away? Mm. And this is real. I mean, we can talk about this from a lot of different perspectives. This is obviously from like a work perspective. If you have a personal brand and – and I know for a fact this person is scaling their brand. So what I mean by scaling is they're uh, hiring some extra team members. They're maybe launching more programs. They're getting more butts in the seats. They're servicing more customers, more clients. Maybe they're using paid traffic. Just a lot more irons in the fire. And so if you have a personal brand and you're listening to this and you're a coach and you're doing social media and stuff, this thing can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. You know, this is one of the things I do love about Shantae, who... Um, the movement maestro, who's a friend of ours. And she also, her and I have a business uh, program together. And she's very much like, she wants to play volleyball like five times a week. And she's very much like, I don't want to scale. I don't want to have a big team. I don't feel any pressure. She makes no goals when she launches her programs. There's like never a number goal. It's always just like, everyone's amazing. It's great. Um, And I think I was very much like that at Jill Fit for the first like five or six years where it was just like, I have enough money and things are growing and I'm good and I don't want to have a big team. And then, and I know this gal who who messaged in is scaling and that's a different level of output. And so we're using a business example, but this can also be going from one kid to two kids, right? That's yeah. more output for you, right? Or maybe it's uh, starting a business while also working a full-time job. Now all of a sudden you're adding 10, 20 additional hours on top of an already packed schedule. So if you're in that phase in your life, and I think especially around the age that we're at, where you're in your 40s, typically if you do have children, you're managing kids still. They're maybe still not like out of the house, right? So you still have to like be a parent, but then you're also managing aging parents. So I think this like 40, 35 to 55 year old age is actually probably going to be the most busy and where you have the most priorities and people pulling at your energy and pulling at your attention. And so I think that this is a good conversation to have because, I mean, we have to figure this out, right? Like, I don't think life is going to ever slow down. I don't think there's going to be a time where it's like, unless you're retired or whatever, there's never going to be a time where you're finally like, oh, things are really peaceful. I think things are always going to be a little hectic. So, when I think about life's not really going to change, I have to figure out how I manage my life. And because I do want to be able to show up in my business, with my family, with my friends, in my relationships, present. And if I'm burned out, I start feeling resentful, Mm -hmm. I start feeling exhausted, I want to stay home, I want to go to bed early, which is all fine stuff. But at what point does it then maybe turn into depression, right? Anxiety, and some of like the mental health stuff that you know, it's a fine line between like, oh, I'm really busy. And actually, I'm just fucking really depressed, right? I think it's gonna be really yeah. easy to like make that leap if you don't manage your energy resources appropriately.
0: Yeah, one of the things you said was this phase of life. And one thing I think it's important to recognize is that this could be a phase or it could be long life. term, and you have to figure out how do I manage it? Or how do I change it? And to your point about Shantae is she's made a choice to not scale and you don't have to scale. And if you do choose to, you have to recognize that you need to get systems in place quickly so that you can manage your energy and expectations. Otherwise, you will burn out. Your body will at some point quit on you, or give out, or something can happen with your health to where you're forced to take a step back. So it's super important to recognize we can't be you can't be sprinting a marathon, right? You can't be on level ten all the time and have all your cylinders going and and expect to like still be doing well. Um, I just finished having lunch with my brother and he has six children, um, a wife at home. He has uh, a business with multiple locations, uh, like an in-person business with multiple locations multiple employees. I want to say probably seven or eight employees. So he's got a lot going on and he was just telling me how he's just, he this year he decided that he needed to invest in himself. So he hired a personal trainer. He's like, you know, the most successful people take care of themselves so they can have longevity. And so he's been taking better care of his health. He was like, hey, my blood pressure's high. Um, So he's got a trainer. He's watching what he eats now. But it's like sometimes we end up trading our health and mental health for money, and then we have to use that money to get our mental health and our health back. So if you can avoid that whole situation, like you know let's try to do that but sometimes in order to get to the next financial milestone you do give up a few things you do give up some nights of sleep you do kind of mess up your hormones a little bit or gain some weight or miss out on some relationships so it's like going into it can you guard yourself i guess the best you can knowing that some things are going to slip through the cracks but what are the and i i know Jill you talk about this a lot of like kind of having these like um uh, like pillars. I call them anchor actions. Yeah, anchor, there we go. Like your these anchors that you hang on to so that you can get through that that phase or the short time as best as possible. So you don't, you know, lose everything. I think it's super important when you start finding yourself being resentful of your clients your customers or whatever you're doing that's usually a sign yeah that's usually a sign i think it's either you're doing too much or you're not charging enough like this might be a time to raise rates it could be a time to change your offer like maybe you're giving too much time i know i i'd kind of given you shit in the past of like you're giving too much time for the money i'm yeah. like okay keep your prices the same but just offer less of your time so right. if you don't if you don't want to raise your rates and this is something i t- say to clients often is maybe they're not comfortable they're like hey you know i'm already i already charge a lot then you can give less time maybe you're charging two thousand dollars a month and and they see you one-on-one four times well keep your price the same and then see them twice instead of four times you know there's a lot of things you can do where you don't have to raise your rates but you can cut back i think i've been seeing this happen actually in subway i swear to god their sandwiches aren't as wide
1: as they used to be. They charge the same, but they're giving less food. So if restaurants can do this, so can you. <laughs> it's so true. I have a lot of clients that are like, "Well, if I do less calls, do I just cut the price enough?" I'm like, "No, same price." Yeah, <laughs> same, same price. price. Just to, yeah, but you know, and I want to point out that there's a difference between and I'm glad you used the word like it's transient or it's it's short-term because I think if you are in a push phase of your life, if you're in a phase where you just, you have to recognize like at some point this can be over. And when it comes to, I can only speak to the business side of things, when it comes to scaling your business, there's a difference between building that business and running that business, right? When you're building, yes, it's going to feel cumbersome. This is when you're bringing on team and you're having to train people and you're having to manage them a little bit, a little bit cl- more closely and like... And you're starting to get your systems in place, making sure everyone can talk to everyone else. and There's communication there. like, But also know where you're trying to go, right? It can't just be all chaos all the time. So realize that, and and this was it for me when I decided to scale. I was like, okay, we're probably looking at the next couple of years. The output's going to be more. And I'm probably going to be more tired. So it's even more important that I pay attention to my, my, my anchor actions, which are basically... I always say no more than three because it can't be like a ten, per- 10 like you know thing to do list. I usually say three things a day that no matter what you're committed to doing that give you energy back. So yeah. for some people, you know, they need they want to sleep in until seven a.m. Great, that's their thing. Is they need to they're like they need to sleep in. For other people, they need to take a nap. Seven at the is the afternoon. sleeping in. <laughs> well, Jesus. <but>, yes, probably for <laughs> people go to a job they get like fucking five. Some people take a nap, right? Some people go to yoga three times a week. Like whatever it is, that's your thing. So for me, my anchor actions are: I lift weights at least 30 minutes. I go for at least a 30-minute leisure walk, and I go and I have eight hours of sleep. That's it. Those are my three things. Now, what that does for me is it just says, "Hey, all you need to do is just check these three things off," and it gives me permission to not be perfect than any other shit, right? Sometimes I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have like some ice cream for dinner," or <laughs> I have a couple glasses of wine while I'm working. Like I don't try and be perfect with it. I know that there's gonna be things that are draining, but I need to match them with things that do boost my energy. And if I go for a leisure walk, I get into the gym and I get eight hours of sleep, pretty much that takes care of like 80% of my like energy management piece. So realize that you're probably in a transient position, especially if you're doing you're taking on more. We see this a lot, especially with newer uh online personal brands or online coaches because they're like so just they don't actually audit their time. They just add 10 to 20 more business hours on top of an already packed schedule. So one of the things that we do in our programs is we have people do a time audit, be like, hey, you're not gonna be able to, you know, watch, you know, the series on Netflix for three hours a night anymore. I mean, you of course can, you can do whatever you want, but we can't like do that. And then I also expect that you have not only the time, but the mental energy and creativity that goes into entrepreneurship. And so you do have to like kind of audit your time. I will also say, Think about the things in your business that you like to do. So this is something that with uh, the, my coach, James Wedmore, does really well. And and for seeing him, like I asked him, I was like, how, how much do you work? He said he works fucking one hour a day. I was like, OK, and he has a ten million dollar business. And he has like seven employees, like it's not a huge team. It's like six or seven other employees. And I'm like, okay, that's the model that I want, right? So we have to look at someone who has the business that you want and has the outcome that you want. And I was like, how did you do that? So instead of, if it was up to me, I would have probably hired a whole bunch of contractors, like VAs, you know, overseas, whatever. And I would have had like a whole bunch of people I was just running around managing versus actually bringing in and paying for. A more quality team member who takes ownership. So for example, then I can offload a lot of the things because this is a competent person who does not need micromanaging, right? I have to pay more probably for this person, but... I don't have to check up on the people in my company. They literally just do their job. They have a whole job description. They have a weekly task list that they do themselves because they know that that goes into the larger collective of the business. I'm not having to tell them exactly what to do and like hand them a task sheet every day. So if you're doing now double duty because not only are you bringing someone on and now having to oversee what they're doing, that's, that's double the work, right? You should just have someone who you feel like at some point you can offload to and then you can show up in your business doing the things you love so for me i love content creation i love coaching and i love teaching and that's it and that's literally all i want to do in the business anything else goes to someone else now it's been two years of like getting to the point where i can do that so i think this person who messaged in is probably in that building versus running phase you know it's like you have to build it to the point where it can run and then you start getting your energy back and then you start getting your time back so but I would I would caution against if it's taking like years and it's not getting better, then there's some there's a problem with what's happening with the team and there's a problem within the business and how it's running itself and we got to figure that out. Because if, ideally, if like bringing on team works, you should be working less, right? Not more. No, it's so true. I think something that is difficult
0: for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially been solopreneurs for a long time, is hiring is finding the right people, figuring out how to delegate, especially when you're trying to do it yourself and you're trying to teach someone and offload it. And so there is that messy middle of trying to explain what you're doing and still service your clients and get, you know, good work out there. It's it's a mess. It's just a little bit messy. But to your point, if you're hiring team, it should start taking things off of your plate so you're not doing all of those things. And yep. if if it's like clients reaching out to you while you're on vacation, there might be a boundary issue. You know, mm. I remember early on when I was working with one-on-one clients, They were texting me. I I finally got to one where I just had this one client who was just abusing so much of my time that I took that off the table. Clients were no longer getting my phone number. It was email only. We check in once a week. It used to be like, hey, if you need something, hit me up. It'll be really quick. I'll just give you a quick little update. And soon I had people who were reaching out on weekends, on days off, anytime they felt like messaging me. And I was like, no, 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 this isn't going to work. So, potentially. I'm not saying that this is the case with her, but if you're finding yourself resentful, you feel like you're never working, you're never shutting off, you might not have any boundaries. And uh, Jeff and I recently went through this. We didn't have any boundaries for our client, (laughs) and I was feeling very resentful. I was getting so upset. I was constantly working on weekends, and I remember seeing him post about family time, and he was like, if I don't get back to you, it's because I'm focused on my family. I was like, oh, you have family time, but we don't. And I was like, wait, that's on me. And so we just recently started taking weekends off and Mondays where we don't take any meetings, and it's it's helped a lot. And so if you're finding yourself in that space, not to say it's your fault, but it could be. I know in our case, definitely part of it was our fault. Part of it was just it needed to get done, so we got things done, and that's how it was. And we should have um, updated policies and procedures moving forward, but we didn't, and so it turned into it turned into resentment because we were working. Seemed like seven days a week all the time. And so mm-hmm. you got to also decide boundaries, whether you have working hours, meaning like, hey, these are office hours and these are when I respond, um, or you have days off or days that you don't respond to somebody, or you tell people, like, hey, give me 48 hours and I'll get back to you, so that you have those boundaries in a place where you're not thinking you have to get back to people right away. And when you're on vacation, you can't even take a vacation, you can't leave your phone, you can't walk away for any amount of time. That's really. It, in your systems and processes what you need to do and then set those set those expectations correctly for your clients and and even your customers or whoever you're delivering for maybe you are a contractor maybe you're building funnels for someone or doing something um, maybe you know it's an easy project it could do it could you could get it done in 20 hours but give yourself a week give yourself time to get to get it done so you're not stressed out there's projects that I've done I'm like oh I can finish this in a day. And I've told someone that, but then I'm like, wait, I have other shit on my plate for the day. I should have told them it's going to take five days because it's not going to take five days. It's going to take me one day, but I don't have two day to do it. So give yourself a little bit of breathing room too when you're telling people what to expect or when you're, when you have a turnaround and that will help you out. So you're not stressed either. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so good and I love the the point about boundaries because I think that probably is it. And here's and the, the, you know she asked do you take time away? And the answer is yes. Now, now I didn't always and I think you can probably relate to this too. Early early days of business, I remember people being like, "You need to take a break." And I'd be like, "I don't have to fucking take a break. I love my work so much. I want to be doing it all the time." And that was true. And I still love my work but I don't want to be doing it all the time. I think a lot of times I used to tell myself like, Hey, it's not work-life balance. It's work-life integration. I just, everywhere I go, I just am doing work and it's so easy and it's so part of my lifestyle. And for a time, it really was. I was married to an entrepreneur. We were traveling a lot for work. I love social media. Like it was just so fun. I wasn't worried about likes or shares or comments or whatever. It was like, it was just so fun really growing something. And we still have all of those things But now I realize that I just, I do want time away. And I don't know if that's just having done this for a long time or getting to an age where I don't want to be on my phone all the time or having a partner who's not in my space. Like it's probably a combination of all of those things to where like when I go to Australia for three weeks, I don't want to have to work at all. And if I do work, it's because I want to work, not because I have to work or because someone is waiting on me. And I think if you're feeling, and this is, you brought up emails too, which I think, you have to also ask yourself like, what channels do I want to be on? Mm-hmm. I know for me personally, like I have not answered an email since like 2012. Like I just fucking won't. And so if you're telling your clients or even when like my team is like, hey, I'll email you that. I'm like, don't fucking email it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I know it will get lost and I don't want to deal with it. I'm not going to respond to it. I don't even like want to open my computer. So it's like, you know where you want to communicate as well, what's easiest for you. I tell my clients messenger because I can do that while I'm walking, I can do that while I'm on um, driving to the gym, I'm out and about, right? It's so easy versus if it's an email, I have to sit down and like start typing. So know yourself too about where you want to be, where you can work, what you can handle, and the good news is, is that it's your business. So you can create the rules. If you never want to do email, you don't have to. If you never want to do a Facebook group, you don't have to. If you never want to do messenger access, you don't have to. If you never want to do phone calls, I just took away phone calls from my mastermind. And that was like just totally outside of my comfort zone. And this is, you'll be proud of me. But I remember like last year I was at my my own mastermind. I was like, hey, I, I'm running my mastermind again next year. But I these calls are helpful, but they are so draining for me. And 2020, 2021, I was on calls Monday through Friday, like eight hours a day. And I was like, I'm back in the fucking gym. I literally am like back in a prison of my own making. And it's not that I don't love my clients, but I was noticing I was starting to get like really resentful and just like really exhausted, like dreading those days of being on Zoom all day. Who wouldn't? So I was at my own mastermind with my, the one I'm in. And I said, Hey, my problem is we go through and like, what's your problem for the group? And I said, I love my mastermind, but I don't want to be doing all those calls. And they go, why are you doing calls? And I was like, well, because I need to justify the price. And they go, but it's a mastermind. What you're talking about is a coaching group. Mm. And I was like, Oh, and they were like, we're here with our mentor. We never expected to get one-on-ones with him. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so this year I was like, we're not doing calls. I was like, you have messenger access and whatever, yep. but like no calls and it, and everyone was fine with it and everyone still signed up for the same price. <laughs> You're so like, oh. you might have to take some of those quote unquote risks yeah. to deliver it how you need to deliver it to protect your energy and just assume that people will still want it, right? They don't know how it's supposed to go. So you might have to rip the bandaid off and just be like, here's what the offer is, take it or leave it and trust that there are people who will still want it. I'm glad
0: you brought that up. One of my friends also does a high-end mastermind and she took away a lot of group calls because she goes, I was adding them in because you want to do a value add. But then she said, do you like doing group calls? And I'm like, no, I hate doing group calls. And she, we were talking about it and going, most people, especially in a high level, don't yeah. want more things no. on their plate, don't want more right. appointments, more meetings. And so her big things are just her events in person. Um, she allows people to do Voxer instead of messenger that's how they communicate yep. but she took out a lot and so it's actually a lot less for the same amount of money but people appreciate it not everybody wants all this extra stuff feeling like it's homework feeling like oh i missed a call i missed something and it's really interesting because we get in our head thinking well this is what everyone offers and this is what is the the value add and really the value add tends to be more the community the mastermind piece it's just it's really interesting that um that you kind of came across that too and I think that, I think it's really important to be aware of your point on where people contact you, making that super clear. I remember early on when I was checking Facebook Messenger and Instagram and DMs and Twitter, if you're all over the place, you start to feel like, ah, oh, I got to check all of these apps over and over to see in case I missed a message. Be very clear on where people can message you where they can find you, where you communicate, and stay there and don't go outside of that. If somebody messages you on LinkedIn, cool, like it might get seen eventually, but you don't need to be constantly checking that inbox if, you're, if they're paying clients aren't supposed to be messaging you on LinkedIn. So I, I love that too, It's like deciding where, having boundaries around it, putting work hours or whatever it is, and then maybe a standard of, I reply within 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is. That way you're not constantly stressed and feeling like you're falling behind and you miss something because it can really feel like a hamster wheel that never ends. If you're having to check every single platform, read every email, respond everywhere.
1: Um, and you mentioned this, I think a few, like maybe, I don't know, maybe last year or something, we were doing an episode similar to this. And I think for people who are thinking about bringing someone on to help them. So I was trying to think about this, like if I'm feeling burned out, chances are it's I'm doing too much in the business and I haven't like, you know, offloaded or outsourced or delegated well enough. And you said you have like a checklist, I think you said it's like a Shalene Johnson checklist on what what you can delegate. Because I think people wonder about that. And I'm happy to send, if you guys are interested, you can tag me in our Facebook group and I can post, we have like, we have two full-time people. One's called an integrator. It's like a head of operations. And then one is our full-time like admin and customer success person. And I'd be happy to give you guys like the job descriptions. It literally says everything that they do in the business. And here's the deal they're probably not going to do it exactly like you. And that's the other thing too, is like, you're going to have to give up this perfectionist sort of way of doing things. Like, I don't know, this person um, wrote in the other day and said, Hey, Jill, I'd love to interview you for this article in a magazine. So Sarah says, Jill, do you want to do this thing? And I was like, yeah, but like, they'll send the questions. I'm like, can you just answer them? Like you do it. And then like, just send it to me and I'll just like make sure that it's like in my voice and whatever. And it's like, so you can do stuff like that. You don't have to do every single tiny thing in your business, right? Your, your team should know what the core values are and be able to make decisions based on those core values. They should know what your what the vibe is, what the personality is of the company. They should know like what you would do and they're never going to do it exactly the same way as you, but they're going to do it good enough to where like it's not going to make or break your business and you have to get to that point i got to that point because i was so so fucking overwhelmed mm-hmm. i was like anyone could take anything off my plate so you might have to even just get to that point where you start to then trust people more because you just can't literally physically afford to micromanage everyone you have to and like honestly they want their responsibility too no yeah. one wants to be micromanaged and if you give them an opportunity for ownership they're going to want to do more and they're going to feel more freedom to create more. And then they help you make even a bigger piece of a big, a bigger pie. And then their slice gets bigger because the whole business gets bigger. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a trust issue thing for sure too.
0: Yeah. I I can actually, if you post in the Facebook group, if anybody remembers to remind me, I can post that list too. It's called delegate or die. And it's like five pages of things you could delegate. And um, when we were hiring for customer service, we took multiple applicants and I gave them real like uh, emails from angry customers and said, here's an email from an angry customer. How would you respond? And so whenever you're hiring somebody, give them actual tasks. Maybe you can have four or five people do the same task. I've, I've done the same thing for graphic design. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm interested in. Have three or four people design it and see what they all come up with or make like, hey, or make some reels. I needed someone to do that. I had three, three people make the same exact reel just to see how they would do it different, how fast they would be, how efficient, uh, their creativity. So give people real life tasks and then you can get a, an idea. It's one thing to read a resume. It's another thing to interview someone. But to give someone an actual real task and see how they do it really shows you what it's going to be like working with them. And I think when you're hiring somebody, you almost like pre-hire, you know, like you give somebody maybe five hours of work and have two or three people do the same exact tasks and then decide just say, hey, this is a probation. I'm going to give you a couple of tasks. I have other people doing it. And then you have now three people who maybe got the job done three times, but you have an idea of how quick they can do it, how well they do it, how how well they understand directions and that kind of thing. So that's something I really learned over the last couple of years mm-hmm. having to hire a lot is to hire multiple people, give them all the same tasks and see kind of who comes out in the wash. Some people you just go, you know what, this isn't going to work, uh, or you're better suited for something else, or this isn't quite what I was looking for. Like, they sounded good on paper, but they weren't quite getting it. And so it's a great way to kind of figure that out and mm-hmm. and get the thing done. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll just also throw a book recommendation in here, too, because um, what's really worked for us is this book that we, it's called Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. And that's sort of the, the structure of our business. And when I read this book for the first time, I had this big, like, just massive exhale Essentially, the idea is that there's sort of like two heads of the business. There's the visionary and there's the integrator. And chances are, if you're a personal brand and you're a solopreneur, you're doing both of those things. You're the person who has the visionary, you're the the front-facing person, the creative, the coach, the, you know, you're the talent and you're the business owner and you're the, and running the business. And then... And you're also doing all the backend stuff, so you're doing all the tech stuff, all the emails. Like you're just doing all of that. The integrator in this book basically says that you can just work in your zone of genius, which is. And chances are, you're probably doing both these things. You have to ask yourself, like, which one would I actually prefer to do more? And for most entrepreneurs, it's probably going to be the visionary. Then you have someone else who comes behind you and implements everything. So they take your vision and they make it come to life. They're the ones who do create the products, they write, they create the funnels, they work with all the tech stuff, they, you know, can write some copy, they can repurpose your old copy, like they're coming behind you and implementing the vision so that you can kind of just show up in your zone of genius. So I'll throw that book recommendation out there. If you can find an integrator that's worked really well for us, you're not gonna find that name on like Upwork or indeed.com or something like that. It probably be more like a COO or a head of operations or a project manager, but same idea where both people are integral to the business, right? The business can't run without the integrator, but they're doing a lot of the more like detail oriented stuff so that it isn't like you can't do that, but it just frees you up to do more of the creative stuff. And that's been an absolute lifesaver in our business. Yeah, it's so
0: good. Finding an integrator and a good one is so crucial and key. And if you could find that person, like,
1: hold on to them tight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yep. But, you know, back to this whole thing about burnout too. I think ultimately you got to put yourself first. You got to put on your own oxygen mask. So tighten up the boundaries, um, you know, make sure this is take just downtime, yep. take away time. Make sure it's a, a, a phase and not like this is this can't, not a sustainable thing and make sure you have a plan to get through it. Um, and if you don't, you know, find a coach or someone who can help you through it so you can manage. Otherwise, and I've done this before, like you can end up just imploding your whole business. You're like, I don't even care. I'm just going to blow it up because you you start hating what you're doing. And that's not great. And you're not helping people that way either. So Mm -hmm. there are ways to manage, there's help you can get, and you have to take care of yourself. And so there's the signs on if you're getting on burnout is resentment, anger, stress, blood pressure, you know weight gain not being able to do things you want to do not being able to take time off and hopefully a couple of these strategies or tools will help you start to get back some of your time because the goal of being an entrepreneur is to have freedom like we right. don't ha- work a job so we can
1: to go on be- vacation and work right. the entire time right. and I'll give you an, I'll give you like an in real time example of this when I was in Australia last December I was there for 3 weeks and like i don't know maybe i had been there for maybe seven seven or eight days and i think it was because of the holidays it was december we just had like over the course of like 10 days we had just like, I don't know, maybe five or six like default payments that came through. And so I was on vacation and my team was on Slack, which is like our messaging platform being like, and like talking through like, okay, we're going to, you know, chase these people down and we're going to get their payment. And like, maybe we had like one or two refund requests. So it was like a whole bunch of customer service stuff. And I just was starting to get anxious. And I was like, you know, you start to get in that like, wow, it's like a lot of people in the in one week that we're going to have to like trade. No, it's not a ton, but it's like five or six people. And it feels like a lot because it's all at once. So I just said to my, um, to the customer, like the customer service team, I said, I, can you guys just handle this for five days? Like we have a meeting on Tuesday. Can you just keep this to yourself? unless you, unless it's an emergency, like you need something from me, can you just manage this? until like, we meet on Tuesday for like a designated meeting, because like this, I'm trying to like be at the beach with my partner and I'm getting these, t- and it's not their fault, by the way, like, cause they wanna make sure that like, we're, we're taking care of our customers, we're making sure we're getting paid and I always appreciate that, but I'm on vacation and they're not. And so she was great. She's like, absolutely no issues. And so they just fucking handled it. If it was like, hey, we gotta wait on this email or we're gonna do our best without talking to Jill, right? Like they just did a great job. And then we met on Tuesday, we walked through everything. so. You have to be able to say that to your team, like, hey, can you guys just manage this? I can't really, because the whole point of going on vacation to this person's message, oh, we of going on vacation to fill your cup up. Yeah. So th- I noticed that. And that's what I even said to the team. I'm like, I can't, I'm here to fill up my cup. And if I don't honor that, I'm not going to be able to come back and perform the way I need to in January, because it was in December. And so they were like, totally get it. No, no issues. So they just need you to direct them. Like they just need, so don't feel like, oh, this is my business. I have to take care of it. You have people who care about your business too. Like my team cares about the business. They care about our customers. So I'm like, they can handle it. So that's an example of how you could have a boundary in real time and just let people figure it out and have that like little bit of trust that it's all going to work out.
0: I love that. And I also think the right team too, they care about you and they don't want to bother you. They're like, yeah, we'll take care of totally. this. We want to make sure you're taken care of. and Totally. Yeah. And that feels really good when you get those people. Sarah's like,
1: have the best time. Totally get it. Have the best time. We got it. We're like, we're going to hold it down.
0: Yes. When you get those people, it feels so good. And you'll know, you're just like, all right, we got it. And they'll figure it out. So I love that. Well, uh, hopefully this was helpful, and if you're going through burnout, we hope you get through it quickly, and maybe some of these things will help and would love to know. If you have any tips yourself, you can find us in the Best Life Podcast Facebook group. You can go to thebestlifepodcast.com. Click to join our Facebook group. Post anytime. You can post anonymously or leave your name. If you have any questions or things you want us to riff on, you can post there or DM us on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review in the app that you listen on. And- we thank you so much for your time and attention and we'll see you on the next episode all right bye guys